It's time to train those management muscles. So put down those weights and pick up that pen and welcome to Do You Even Lead, Bro? Hello and welcome to Do You Even Lead, Bro? podcast. I'm your host, Paulette Cervantes, and I'm really excited to bring you episode four, Great Leaders, The Guide to Being One. And when I say I'm excited to bring you this episode, I am really excited to bring you this episode because having a great leader is going to be the key to success in your business. If you tuned in for episode one, you know that one of my key interview questions is to ask someone, what is the best manager you've had and why? So the question is, how do you become that best manager for someone else? Of course, we've already talked about some of the key ways in episodes two and three, So if you haven't had a chance to listen to those, please be sure to tune in. But what are some additional skills that we can talk about today to help you be that great leader? First, I want you to imagine the best manager you ever had. Why were they the best manager you ever had? What were the things that they did that made them the best? Think about those. Then I want you to think about what is the worst manager you've ever had? What things did they do that really bothered you or made you not want to work harder for that person? You want to do exactly the opposite of that. I really encourage you to take some time and to write these down. Help them be the foundation of the type of leader that you want to be. Many of the things that we're going to talk about today, you're already going to know. Or maybe... You knew deep down, but you didn't know how to verbalize or put them directly into action. So that's what I'm going to help you do today. Before I tell you the do's of a great leader, I want to tell you the don'ts. And this is something that my experience as a manager or leader has taught me over time, not just from myself, but my leaders as well. What you don't want to do is think that you're better than anybody else walking around or putting the persona on that you are better than the people around you is going to create a bad first impression. That does not mean that you don't walk in with confidence. You absolutely want to walk in with confidence. But don't act like you're better than anybody else or that people are not worthy of your time. Let me give you an example. I had a leader one time that would walk into a club and simply walk past the front desk, not say anything, and go straight to the general manager's office who he was going to be working with that day. That set a very bad taste in the rest of the club's team members. They felt like he thought he was too good to say hello or spend time with them. He would go into a club, go straight to the general manager's office, spend all day there, and leave again without saying a word. You have to remember that these team members, even if they're not directly under you, look up to you still. You're someone important with the company, and they want your attention, even if it's small. Say hello, give gratitude, ask how they're doing, and actually hear what they have to say. Let me give you an example of someone who is really great at this. One time I was traveling clubs with my regional manager. He was taking me to a district that I had not yet been to, and I was getting familiar with the clubs and the team members there. When we walked into one of the clubs, he said hello to the front desk employee. He knew exactly who they were and asked how they were doing. 
He also took the time to ask them if they needed a break. He knew that this team member was a part of the first shift and had been there since before 5 a.m. that morning and probably had no one to relieve him yet. So he asked him, do you want us to take over the front desk so you can take a bathroom break or grab a quick snack? The team member was so grateful, and I was very impressed by this leader. At another point during the visit, the general manager was busy. He had to take care of something. So while the regional manager was waiting, he went to the PT desk, which is our personal trainers, and began speaking with them. He asked them how they were doing, what they enjoyed about their job, and some things they thought that we can improve on. They were so happy that someone came of that level and actually asked them how they were doing and wanted to hear their voice, wanted to hear their concerns. I definitely took note of that, knowing that that's the type of leader I want to be. Hey, sometimes you get some of the best information from your frontline team members. They're going to tell you what's going on and they're not going to sugarcoat it. The other don't that I'm going to tell you today is don't think you're always right. And that means you need to be able to accept constructive criticism. If you've given your team a direction and an expectation with a process or procedure, and there's another way that they feel is better, at least hear them out. That doesn't mean that your way is not going to be the way or direction that they do end up going. However, you need to be able to understand that sometimes constructive criticism is good and people may actually be able to help you along the way. Let me give you an example. The fitness industry is full of people with certain education regarding fitness and health. As you probably know, there's several fads or several trends out there, and the more science we learn, the more we continue to change and evolve. So you have team members of very different levels who believe different things. And there's been many times that I've come across leaders with a particular belief system that was completely unwilling to hear or listen to anybody else's belief system. That doesn't mean that one was right or wrong, but because you refused to listen and because you were unwilling to accept that there's other ideas and beliefs and be open to that, you lost credibility rather quickly. Let me give you an example. I've come across several leaders that had a particular belief system when it came to fitness and health. And if you've worked in the fitness industry, you understand that there's many different belief systems and ideas. Science is constantly evolving, and so are we. And you see different trends or fads out there that continue to rotate or change or evolve themselves. I've seen several leaders who have a particular idea or belief that were unwilling to hear or be open to other team members' ideas or beliefs around health and fitness. They would draw a really hard wall and not listen or be open to anything they had to say. Their way was the right way and everybody else's was insufficient to theirs. That made them immediately lose credibility. Even at the end of the day, if the decision is going to be to go with your way of thinking, you still have to be open to other ideas around you. And be very clear and explain the why behind why we're going with your specific way. This will help them understand so that they can commit and buy in. All right, so now that we've talked about a couple of don'ts, let's talk about the do's of a great leader. 
Do number one is your word is your bond. And this is so huge. It simply means do what you say. And a lot of times as leaders, especially the busier leaders, have a hard time following through with some commitments. So no matter how busy you are, if you say you're going to do something, make sure that you follow through with it. One of the biggest ways you can lose trust is by not following through on your commitments and having broken promises to your team. If you say you're going to find an answer to something, find the answer. If you say you're going to get something to your team member, get that thing to them. Be sure to follow through. However you need to do that, whether you make physical notes or whether you make reminders, try your best not to forget the things that you've committed to do because your word must be your bond as a leader and your team has to be able to trust you. So on the same idea, never commit to more than you can do. And I know that's hard for busy general managers or multi-unit level leaders. Things could get very overwhelming very fast. So know your capabilities, know where to draw the line, and only commit to things that you know you can follow through with. Even if you have the best intentions, and I know you want to do everything for your team, you are only one person, so know where your limits are. The number two thing a great leader does is give their team quality time. And this means you're going to make time for them. Block out time in your calendar, in your schedule, in your day, and make that focus time. Try to avoid distractions or rushing through time with your team. The emails, the texts, and some of the phone calls can wait. So really try to put those aside and give your team undivided attention during this time. When you're with a team member and your computer's open and you're answering emails or you're texting back and forth and you're taking a bunch of phone calls, you're telling that team member that these other things that are happening are more important than them. And that's not the message you want to send to your team. Not if you want them to respect and value you. This also goes for more than just your official meetings or your official visits. This is important too with phone calls or emails. Be available for your team when they need you. If they give you a call because they have a question, make sure that you spend the time to truly answer that question. Don't rush them off the phone. Don't make them feel like their question is annoying you. And yes, you can very easily portray that if you're busy. Make sure you spend the time and answer their question. Your team members feel valued when you take quality time for them or you make time for them. They know that they're important to you and their success is important to you. The third thing a great leader does is coach and develop. And this means you're going to teach and train this individual. So like episode two, the tell, show, do process, make sure that your team members are learning from you. When I think of some of the great leaders in my life, it's because I learned so much from them. So if you want to be seen as that great leader, your team needs to learn from you. Make sure that you're prioritizing their training and their development. Teach them something new, whether it's a procedure or whether it's just a persona or an attitude or how to be a great leader themselves. They're going to learn that from you. If they have questions, answer those questions. If they need more time or more coaching or more training on a certain process, take that time to do that with them. There are no stupid questions 
and they should never feel like they can't come to you with a question. You should always be open and give them the answers they need. Even if you don't know those answers in that moment, it's okay to say, I don't know, and I'll get back to you. But remember, your word is your bond, so make sure you follow up and you get that answer to them. The fourth thing that a great leader does is mentor. And this is different than coaching and developing. Mentoring is actually creating a development strategy for this individual. Discover what their ambitions and their wants are. What do they want to do next? Find those things out and create a development strategy to help this person prepare for the next level. Maybe you give them stretch assignments. Or maybe you block out additional mentorship time. One of my biggest mottos is great leaders create great leaders. And that's so true. You should never feel threatened if one of your team members' ambitions or goals is to have your position. You should actually feel honored. And you should teach them how to prepare for that next level. That person clearly looks up to you. And you set a great example for yourself and that particular role within your company. It's great to know that you could take a vacation or you could even get promoted and have someone to fill your shoes right away or fill in the gaps where needed. To me, that means you've really done a great job for your team as a leader. If maybe you don't have the particular skills to mentor this person for the next level that they would like to do, hook them up with other people within your organization that can mentor them to prepare. Have them go shadow that individual. Or maybe they'll have weekly meetings or phone calls. Your team members will be so appreciative that you actually care about their further development and not just what they can do for you at their present level. I find it a huge compliment whenever one of my team members gets promoted. That means I've done my job. And I feel like I get some bragging rights within the company. So you should feel the same. Don't be threatened. Embrace it and mentor it. The last thing that makes a great leader is to be your team's biggest cheerleader. Many people need a lot of positive affirmation. And maybe some don't. But always tell your team what they're doing right and congratulate them. Celebrate that success. Not only are they going to be happy that you noticed, but they're going to continue to do that positive behavior. This makes your team member feel seen or feel wanted. So be sure to brag with them and brag on them. Use them as examples when you're talking to other people. Giving this person positive affirmation or positive feedback and bragging on them will give them the confidence to continue to be a great leader. Who doesn't like to hear how awesome they are? So there you have it, your qualities of a great leader. The first one, your word is your bond. Second, quality time is very important. Your third, coach and develop. Make sure they learn from you. Four, be their mentor. Develop those next steps. And the last one, be their biggest cheerleader. If you've taken the time to think about the greatest leader that you've had and wrote down their attributes, most likely those are going to line up directly with these. If there's anything I learned during my lifetime of having a job and building a career was I know we work harder for leaders that we can respect and look up to. 
So your goal should be to be that leader for your team. They're going to learn from you, they're going to respect you, and they're going to want to make you proud. People work longer and harder for great leaders. So not only will you slim down on your turnover, but you'll develop leaders in the process. So let's get out there and be leaders that build leaders. Thanks for joining me today, guys. I really hoped you enjoyed our episode. Continue to tune in. And don't forget, you can still listen to our first three episodes if you haven't had a chance to already. Just like when you have to have a plan and a strategy for training your muscles to get the exact look or performance that you want, we have to do the same things with our leaders. Be that great leader to create great leaders. As always, I know you can lift, but the question is, can you lead? Thanks for tuning in to Do You Even Lead, Bro? Like what you heard? Let us know. Did you learn something? Well, then like, share, and subscribe. If you have a specific topic or idea that you'd like included, leave it in the comments. Until next time.